0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing and more. I'm not going to do a show that's going to show you the highest ratio of household debt to economic output by a group of nations that have been civilized for over 25 years. I'm not going to do a show where I'm going to read someone else's research. I'm not going to do a show where I don't come up with my own opinions. Most of the people in the financial industry do. Consider me an outsider, or in your case, an insider, into what the situation really is out there. I find that most of the financial shows in radio or television are dull. And then you see things like hmm, CNBC where they almost trivialize it. I'm like, that's not quite right either. So it's a work in progress, and I appreciate you being here with me for 20-plus years, and you know I do a good job. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been here for 20-plus years. So I've seen people come and go. I saw a guy who used to trade com- commodities from Pakistan, and he named his company Compaq because he was a commodities guy from Pakistan. Compaq, Com, Commodities, P- pack. I've seen him become from a day trader of commodities to, hey, you know this is what's best for you. He even had a mutual fund for a while that was a massive failure. I know the feeling. We all change. We all evolve. The one thing I'm not going to be a charlatan for you. I'm not going to read other people's content and say, let's take a look at the price to earnings ratio as they do compare to each other or a 15 year period, and let's take a look at the uh, Doppler radar of the stock chart, and it's showing key critical head and shoulders formation. Look, I'm not going to ignore technicals. I'm just not going to talk to you like you're an idiot. Do you know what I'm talking about? I'm not going to talk to you like you're an idiot. I'm not going to do it. Okay, I just did it. So, Monday, the stock market bulls got exactly what they wanted, a Tuesday. And Tuesday turns into a Wednesday. Monday you had the negativity off Netflix. Tuesday you're like, "Uh, oh, we forgive you." The record high S&P 500 that was set in January, will it become will it come down? Bring that wall down, Mr. Gorbachev. Will the S&P 500 wall come down? Why are we at this point in time talking about Netflix, why are we talking about FANG stocks? It's a pretty good question. general sigh of relief over yesterday's showing is best understood as Tuesday wasn't Monday, and we go with that. And I know you're saying, what's the best thing that happened? Tuesday became Wednesday? Sometimes that's what Wall Street kind of does. They have that pause that, that refreshes, so to speak. And what I mean by that is that Monday we were looking at the metrics of Netflix and saying, okay, this, this, and this. Uh, They reported after the bell, and, you know, we're taking a look at it, and we're trying to figure out, like, and by the end of the day, we're like, we're kind of over it. We forgive you. Come back to growth. Now, again, does that always work? No. And it's a bad idea to even think that it would. So anyway, that's out there, that one of the best things that happened in the market, if you were freaked out Monday with the presidential conversation, is that fair to call it that? Um, The presidential conversation that had to do with, oh, how shall we say Russia? And did you want me to win? Did you not want him to win? Did you expect him to win? Did you tell someone to go win? I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. That statement in and of itself isn't a horrible idea. Now, getting there, the distance between that statement and reality is, is what people freak out about. So, elsewhere in the news today, if we're not going to look at the fang rebound and go, well, thank God Facebook and Amazon and Apple and Netflix and Google are all moving higher. And Google got slapped with, what, a $5 billion? File? We don't care. Let's just move the market higher. That doesn't make sense. That flies in the face of logic at some point in time, right? But it's earnings season, and hope springs eternal, even in the summer months, until hope gets burned and left to die. So you get better than expected earnings out of United Continental, who I would prefer to get my wisdom teeth taken out than fly with. I know you're saying you probably already had your wisdom teeth. Okay, I'll put my wisdom teeth back in and take it back out. CSX Corp, good quarter. Morgan Stanley, good quarter. Textron, Debbie Granger, Novartis, Abbott Labs, U.S. Bank Corp. You know what they all have in common? Good quarter. Then we also got Fed Chairman Powell assuring the markets with tone about economic conditions. He's testifying before the House Financial Services Committee. Will there be any surprises? And what he has to say from yesterday talking to the Senate Banking Committee, nope. Now, I get concerned where you know a lot of economic statements are coming out like, yeah, America can do well even if the world doesn't. America can do well even if there's higher inflation. America can do well. So like we're building in best-case scenarios, in my opinion. And we're not seeing some of the ramifications that can happen. Energy stocks are facing an uphill battle as oil prices are coming off their $70 kind of short-term top. Strengthening dollar also weighing on dollar-denominated commodities. Stronger dollar is gaining some stature as a possible disruptor ahead of earnings prospects. So when you get a banker who says, yeah, we're not really that worried of the world struggles. That's saying strong dollar. Go strong dollar. Go dollar strong. Go strong dollar. Housing starts in the news good article in the new york times about australia's real estate market and how they're doing and their prosperity is doing and how they haven't had a big recession in 25 years okay i'm okay, good okay whereas the united states it's more like every four to eight that we expect recessions but we also expect them to be shorter than the last one like aren't we smart enough to financially engineer our way out of it housing starts to decline 12.3 percent month over month decline in single-family starts, permits for single-family units were up a modest eight-tenths of a percent. There's a little bit of weakness in time when there should be some strength in housing. Now, the question is, are these numbers short-term because they can't find labor, or are they more of a long-term trend because material costs are higher, labor costs are higher, land cost is higher, and people just don't want to suck it up and you know jump into all that inflation? So you can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube roblox Show. CFP Chad Burton does the 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. block most days on AM twelve twenty KDRW. Some days I sit in for him. I tend to do the 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. morning drive time, prime time, markets open store show. You can find out more about what I do at robloxshow.com It's robloxshow.com. Find me on Twitter at robloxshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Rob Black, thanks for listening to the show year and year and year again and again. I I take a lot of pride out of some of the odd little things that come through from you. I got a nice email yesterday from someone who's been listening for a long time, and uh, he slowly created some wealth, and he has stayed involved in the market. He originally was asking me, I'm not going to say annoying questions, but questions along the lines of, you know, how can I make faster money? How can I make faster money? I'm like, don't do that, dude. It's not what I do. Sorry, don't do that. Um... So, that's out there. I'm always happy to see success stories. I know it sounds funny, but it's true. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. We can talk about strategy. Um, we can talk about the future. Millennials have taken down dozens and dozens of industries. We've talked about this. Who's going to take down Facebook? It's expected that not the millennials, but Generation Z. Now, that doesn't mean that happens. In November, a Piper Jaffray survey found 47% of teenagers consider Snapchat their favorite social media platform, up from 35% the year before. Now, Snapchat's not doing anything, it's wallowing. Instagram was. Oh, snap. Instagram was the preferred platform for 24% of teens. The same number one year before. So teens are the millennial, uh, are the Generation Z. They're born between 1995 and the mid 2000s. So this is a round of bad news for Facebook. Again, is it instantaneous? New no. when you have two billion eyeballs, anything can happen. Facebook remains the most popular social media platform in the United States. Outside of those who have already left, teens and tweens remaining on Facebook seem to be less engaged, logging in less frequently and spending less time on the platform. This kind of survey makes me want to look at Snap. So it does. It does, does, does. Um It's kind of funny. Remember the 2017 tax cuts? I'm not gonna say they got rushed into the market, but I think one of the areas that we saw come out of it was pretty interesting. We saw Californians got punished, New Yorkers got punished, Connecticut's got punished, all who tend to vote Democrat. A Republican Congress puts together a tax plan that seems to punish three of the biggest states as far as voter impact goes. But we look at the corporate tax cut, and I I see different things. Like For instance, I see uh, um, the uber-wealthy versus the wealthy, the wealthy versus the inequality of... Low income, mid income, but also I see people who have 401ks. They got a big plus out of that out of that tax cut, and people who don't have 401ks, they're even further behind. I, I don't know if you're following me on this one. So, um, I saw from my own very eyes that that tax cut has a lot of ramifications as far as classes of people in our society goes, not just from a state level. Um, but on an individual level, as far as, you know, your income brackets, but it also showed me, you know, kind of a, people who have 401ks in their company and people who don't. Starbucks underperformed the market in 2017. So automatically it's one of the stocks that I'm going to think about in 2018. It's a big brand. Check. They make billions of dollars. Check. They had a disappointing year. Maybe some value. Yes. They'll have the benefits of the lower corporate taxes for restaurants that as you pay less income tax, you're like, hey, I got a little extra money. Let's go to dinner. Or, hey, I'm a corporation. I'm paying less taxes. Um, so it's one of the stocks that I'm looking at. I'll be quite honest for it with you. It's the cold cup of co- cold, I like a cold cup of coffee in the summer. How do they sell that on us? Uh, you know, I grew up you in a forgot, world where it's cold outside. You love- Grab your coffee. Yeah, got- There's snow plowing benefits of the lower corporate taxes have been well reported expect about half those savings uh or less to follow to the bottom line so you know that probably means starbucks as they have a lower tax credit tax line they'll probably reinvest some of it in their own stores they'll probably invest some of it in their own stock all things that i like all things that i like 800-516-1220 your calls on the air. It's 800 516 12, 20 future calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. I'm very leery of any commercial on radio, television, or the internet that promises you could be a millionaire how to do it without a 401k. Most millionaires I've met have done it with 401ks. It's a powerful tool for savings. It happens over time. You cut, or 457 or 403b. Whichever you work for, if you work for a nonprofit, if you work for a government. So, a 401k can be an extremely powerful tool. 42% of workers don't have access to a 401k or 403b or 457. So, then you're starting to invest in IRAs or Roth IRAs. And there's a heck of a lot less uh, ability to fund those, much smaller numbers. And that's frustrating. Very, very frustrating. So be cautious on commercials that promise you a little bit too much. 800-516-1220. calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Netflix. Pretty interesting this uh, as a business model. And every time they report their quarterly numbers now, we're paying attention to not domestic, We're paying attention to what Netflix has to say about international markets and the broadband of international markets and how many people are using their service that have international broadband. So during the earnings season, happens four quarters per year. That's the metric that I think everyone's looking at. We're looking at subscriber growth, but international subscriber growth is a strong indication of long-term growth. It shows the company's on pace. It shows that they get that recurring business model. Subscriptions make a lot of people poor. Do you remember having a, like a subscription where it automatically re-enrolls you and you're like, oh, I would have canceled that if I had to send a check-in or sign up with a credit card again? Subscriptions are good. Netflix is viewed as a long-term winner, except for their competition's coming in. Who? Disney. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on
1: the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black talking stocks. One of the things I like to do is not necessarily look back in anger, but look back. Having an investment plan means you plan, you pre-think about things, but then you watch things unfold to see if they happen the way you wanted them to. And then after you give it a little bit of time, I think you look back and look for unanswered questions. Unanswered questions could probably be the title of my autobiography, if I had an autobiography. But Netflix, when they have a bad quarter, we pay a lot of attention to it. When they have a great quarter, we tend to go, well, it's Netflix. There's a phrase called, let's Netflix and chill. They have hit our mindset. They have hit our, our verbiage. So sometimes we just kind of forget that there are metrics that you look at when you're investing. Price to earnings, price to sales, price to, uh, to debt. Now, the company, Netflix, sometimes has an issue, in my opinion, where they don't give away enough information. If you're a public investor in the company, it basically means you're an owner. Can you imagine owning a company where you don't know your payroll or you don't know what you're going to be doing in the future? You'd be like, I don't like that feeling. So so Netflix never gives away a lot in metrics. It's their way of keeping things close. Holy mackerel. I kind of watched um, a very R-rated Jim Jefferies comedy special the other day on Netflix. Whoa. Let's just say there's enough sound bites there to um reinvent radio. Didn't know who the guy was. I've kind of been locked up in the little raw black world for the last ten years. Who knew there was a such a funny man out there? Brought to me by Netflix. So the number of hours robbed watch, they don't really tell us. So when they report a quarter and their earnings or their revenue goes sideways down, we pay attention. If it's the sales, if it's the earnings, if it's the margins, if it's the international subscribers, it's domestic subscribers, if it's, did they have a good quarter with a brand new hot show? Did they have a bad quarter with a flop of a new show? Did they have a bad quarter with a big one like House of Cards or Stranger Things coming back? A lot of questions. So you pay attention to the CEO, Chief Executive Officer. He's going to give you a lot of big picture stuff. The CFO, David Wells, is going to give us a little, you know, defensive subscriber numbers, whether it's positive or negative. So he's kind of a character that you pay attention to during the earnings call. Whether it's this quarter, last quarter, next quarter, next year, trying to, you know, listen to conference calls is about nailing it. So you have the chief content officer. At Netflix, guy named Ted Sarandos, who if you've heard celebrities talk on the red carpet, I know you're saying, you watch a lot of red carpet, not much, but Teddy Sarandos gets compliments big time from the big stars. I know, I know, Harvey Weinstein used to as well, right? So, original movies, what did Netflix come up with this quarter? What are they buying? What's their strategy on Asia? What's their strategy on India? What is their churn rate? That's something they won't tell us. We hear stories about Netflix and how once you have it, you'll never give it up. In fact, they can charge you double. They really don't tell us. What's the notion of engagement for users? We've seen statistics as high as 90%. Of all college students have Netflix. Now, that doesn't mean much to me because it could mean, are they sharing mommy and daddy's account? Are they on their own account? Are they sharing it with their friends? Are they all illegally getting it? Who knows? So there's, there's different notions of engagement that we don't really get from Netflix. And that kind of brings in a little bit of an added risk. The company's going to come out and say, we can't tell you everything we're doing because an HBO will copy us or Hulu will copy us or Walmart I know you're saying, no way. No, no way. 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 So how much are they spending on marketing? Does that marketing cost go away? Like You could look at a company like an Apple, and you can come up with every reason. I think the phones are too expensive. I think Google phones are better. I think Tim Cookie is stupid. I think yeah. China. I th- you can come up with every reason to hate them. But you can also look at R&D, research and development. They spend more on R and D than other companies making revenue in the S and P 500. A large chunk of them. Now, could Apple ever say, "Okay, you know, maybe we're not the same old company we used to be," and let's start slashing some R and D? Sure. So you really try to have to, in my opinion, get as much of a big picture as you can. Um, otherwise, you say, "Okay, I'm going to buy Netflix because it's got verbiage." People say, "Let's Netflix and shell. Which basically means, let's sit down with a member of the opposite sex and start watching the movie and see where where it goes. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm on good behavior. So my puppy puppy passed away last week, and now I'm on good behavior. It wasn't a puppy puppy. She was a 15-year-old lady, but you get the idea. So I'm going to do a better show because of Maisie the Wonder Dog. But that's neither here nor there. So increased marketing dollars, how does a company have a good quarter or a bad quarter and how do you judge it? For instance, if you see a kid, you know, ace the SATs and he happens to come from a lot of money and has a tutor and his, you know, his dad was Albert Einstein and his mom was Marie Curie, you go, yeah, that's not that tough for him. He's kind of lived a privileged life with privileged uh, genetics. And you would value someone who does better. Do you see what I'm saying? You kind of have to have that kind of subjective trash-talking ability. Why is she wearing that? Oh, my God, is he really wearing white in, in, in December? If you can't trash-talk, you can't invest. But also, in my opinion, if you can't shut down your emotions of, of, of fear and greed, you shouldn't invest. Because so, like Netflix has it all. It's super expensive. That should make you fearful. It's got great returns. That should make you greedy. It's got a great story of, let's take on the ABCs, NBCs, CBSs, the way people watch television. Let's try to change it. In a world that was already seeing a lot of change with the likes of companies like YouTube, Netflix wasn't afraid to say, okay, let's let's kill this physical DVD thing and let's replace it with something different. You get the idea. So I think you get the idea. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. So Netflix has a lot of unanswered questions and that because of that, when you invest in the company, you bring on added risk. So some companies they, they, they don't have that much that many questions. A little bit easier to analyze. Like here's one area of Netflix I, I don't study a lot, the currency. We know that they're doing a big international expansion. We know that in the United States, that I'm not going to say they're saturated, but let's say Netflix probably is pretty well known. Now, as we start saying, okay, well, we've seen great returns of invest on investors' dollars in the United States, but we're also seeing that saturated subscriber. So let's take a look at the international market and say, are they saturated? And then you go, okay, okay, now, wait, wait. Wait, how many subscribers do they have in the U.K.? And wait, wait, what currency are they using? And is a strong dollar good or is a strong dollar bad? So when Netflix releases a quarter and it creates a buying opportunity, you you really look at the metrics a lot. But not so much when it's a good quarter or when the stock responds positively. Like I could look at one of their recent quarters and say revenue rose 40%. Holy... I mean, I... I If I was eating like uh, peanut butter and uh, peanut butter saltines, peanut butter saltines just fell out of my mouth, like 40% revenue growth, and it takes a while for peanut butter saltines to fall out of your mouth because they're all sticky and uh, gummy and they're all sticking to your, 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 you get the idea. So the company missed its subscriber growth for the United States, adding 670,000 subscribers in the quarter and 4.47 million internationally. They were supposed to add 1.2 million subscribers in the U.S. versus six point six hundred seventy thousand. but again, their slate of product was pretty weak. So, as far as new shows go, where will that go? Um, I was reading some reviews recently of Lost in Space, was one of their originals, that it was a hit, but it wasn't as big of a hit as they expected, or maybe it wasn't as big of a hit as the cost of production led you to think it would be so netflix international revenue surpassed domestic revenue for the first time there's things that you you really almost have to draw a picture quick take a pick, click um to really get like now the dollar is a bigger story because international revenue is a bigger story you see where it's going i'm like stock talk talking stock much much more 800 516 1220 to each calls there. Find me online at Roblox Show. Don't forget there's seminars always coming up. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. My goal when I talk stocks is to try to inspire you to find passion and creativity and money and invest in. I love it, and I'm not going to do it forever, but I've been able to do it forever. I've been able to make a career out of it. And at times, I've focused a little bit more on radio or television or on the front side of business or on the back side of business. I've done it all. I've worn many hats. So I've done the sales. I've done the marketing. I've done the investment advisory. I've done the portfolio structure. I've done the, you know... Lose more money by the time you have Cheerios than you know you'll make in a year. Like <clears throat> it happens. There's sometimes a roller coaster feel to what I try to do and how I share it with you. I want to get you to retirement. The number one best way you can do that is max out your 401k, your 403b, your 457, and you do it with a lot of capitalism. And sometimes you're not going to like what's happening in society and how it reflects on capitalism. It's like, you know, I believe that you can see things differently in sunlight and, 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 and moonlight, right? And the way you, you look at capitalism, maybe during a Republican president or a Democratic president or a popular or a liberal or a conservative, I don't know. I think that light changes the way you view capitalism, and if you've ever seen a loved one sleeping in bed, whether it be a child or a spouse, and they're in the moonlight, you're like, that's the most beautiful person I've seen in my life. And you see them the next day in sunlight, you're like, oh, <laughs> that boy's got some acne issues. or you know, Let's cover up some makeup. <clears throat> I'm kidding a bit. But the way you view things, it's going to, you know, the rose tinted glasses, right? You don't want to be too optimistic. You don't want to be too pessimistic. You don't want to be too, you know, idealistic. So as an investor, I kind of want to get you to the point where it's fun and it's entertaining. And there's there's a whole world to figure out. And sometimes the best thing you can do is pass. There's a theory in sports. And I know you're saying, come on, go full Gary Radnich on me. Go, go sports radio. Okay, sports radio is still one of the areas in radio where you can make money. If you're a company, if you're an advertiser, if you're sales... There's just a lot of money in the sports radio because guys want to sit around and, and be the, the the Monday morning GM or the Monday morning quarterback. Games are lost. They're not won. Next up on sports radio with Rob Black. Another investment lesson tied towards sports. <laughs> it's Monday morning quarterback with Rob Black. Get investment advisor. So... I think the sports lesson of the day is that games are lost more so than they're won. And it's also a game of attrition. Who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl next year? The, the team who starts the playoffs with the healthiest roster. So is it, is it the Green Bay Packers of Aaron Rodgers misses half the season? No. Is it like he, if he's coming back at the right time or the wrong time? It's like there's a lot going on, right? So Monday morning and same thing with investing. You kind of have to have a flair for it, and you have to kind of have a very short-term memory. Over 5 million U.S. consumers are going to cut the cord in 2018. I've started to cut the cord. Have you? Um, It's kind of funny because I kind of want to keep things somewhat familiar. And at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly doing it. Over 5 million U.S. consumers are going to cut the cord now. In the world of sports analogies, like, that's telling you there, there's a trend. Right now in, in baseball, there's a trend of more home runs and fewer singles and doubles. In the All-Star game, in the 2018 baseball All-Star game, there's more home runs than there were hits. Or non-home run hits. The game's changed. That sells tickets. There's a trend there. Would you invest in a young home run hitter? Or would you invest in say a, a hit for contact guy? Maybe you'd say let's 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 go for the guy that no one else has the hit for contact guy because there's plenty of strong hitters out there. As evidence from like there's ways to play it right. So over five million consumers are going to cut the cord in 2018. Do you want to stay away from the Comcast companies who do the cord, or you know do you want to look at the whole pay TV industry losing billions of subscription services and saying I just want you know out of the whole area? Do you want to go on radio and television or your podcast and proclaim the death of ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox as we know it? It's the end of media as we know it. No, it's not going to catch, is it? So over $5.5 billion in revenue is going to leave the cable TV industry this year. The subscription TV model. The pay TV. So now does it shift something like a YouTube or does it completely shift out? Are you paying for YouTube, or are you saying, I'm just going to get the free version? I've had a chance to see Imagine Dragons and The Killers and some of the coolest venues in the world, like Red Rocks. And Red Rocks is a beautiful, beautiful, you know, if you don't believe in a god, you walk away believing in a god. Just from the sound of the warmth of the music, to the skies, to whatever. So, the question is, and an old man, 60 plus, 70 plus, say, why... Why? Why would you go all the way to Colorado see a concert? Why not just watch it on YouTube? That's interesting to note because a lot of the YouTube concerts that feature incredible performances and incredible music uh, auditoriums are online, whether you pay for them legally or illegally. Some of them, like, full concerts are. And then you don't have to deal with a sweaty young person who's jabbing you the whole time or... The girl who's too drunk and talking about how much she misses her boyfriend and vomiting on her shoes. So anyway, lots going on in the world of finance and money investing. And you have to keep your eyes open and figure out the story and how it works for you, whether it be a Netflix or an Amazon. You can always learn more about this podcast on a regular basis. Find me online at robloxshow.com.